You're listening to Current Thought, Con Edison's newest podcast, providing a first look at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technology that enable us to be an energy industry leader. Current Thought is the companion podcast to Con Edison's Plugged In. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Corbliss. Innovation is core to Con Edison's business, and we have our finger on the pulse of the newest technology, ideas, and applications to help improve Con Edison's efficiency, reliability, and sustainability. On this episode of Current Thought, we're talking with Con Edison's chief automotive engineer, Fortunato Golino, and Mark McGrew. Mark is the senior sales manager in the U.S. truck division at Lion Electric. Lion is an innovative manufacturer of zero-emission, heavy-duty vehicles. Today we're talking about a project that is the first of its kind. It's to build an electric-powered bucket truck for the Con Edison fleet. So, Fortunato, let's begin with you. Con Edison has a fleet of about 300 trucks. Are they all powered by fossil fuels? Uh, Anne-Marie, yes. Um, all the... 300 bucket trucks and majority of the diesel vehicles are all powered by fossil fuels, but specifically biodiesel fuel. So why are we testing this new electric technology? <clears throat> uh, good question. So we're actually um, testing this new technology as part of the Con Edison's clean energy commitment. Um, our clean energy commitment is basically transitioning uh, poor, uh, all of our light duty vehicles to some form of electrified vehicles. And we're also going to explore um, other ways of reducing fossil fuels for our medium and heavy duty trucks. And this is all being done uh, by 2040. What are the capabilities of our bucket trucks? How are they used on a, on a normal day and how are they used during a storm? It seems like they're kind of the workhorses of our fleet. So that's a good question. Uh, these trucks are, here to support Con Edison's overhead electric grid, uh, whether it be specifically for maintaining or rebuilding our overhead grid, uh, these trucks do operate 24-7, especially during emergencies. Uh, these trucks, uh, they allow our essential workers to be lifted up in the air where they can actually um, restore or maintain our, our electric grid. Um, specifically, this truck these trucks will also allow material to be hoisted up, such as transformers, cross arms, uh, to assist with the installation. Uh, and, they, and they typically drive from location to location, they park and they idle so in order for the actual equipment and bucket to operate. Uh, and this is throughout our service territory, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Westchester. Uh, and again, like I said, it's, it's typically a 24 hour, seven day a week operation. So Fortunato, what kind of distance do these trucks travel in a day? Typically, they don't drive uh, that long of a range, considering our, um, our service area. Uh, on average, they typically drive from 30 to 50 mile range um, uh, during the day. Uh, however, they are used heavily um, when they're parked and idling in order for op to operate the equipment and the uh, accessories on the vehicle. So I assume when they're idling, they're burning gas too, or fuel, biogas. Absolutely. That's the biggest um, fuel usage for these vehicles. So Mark, 
Con Edison has come to you and said, um, we're interested in making an electric bucket truck. This doesn't exist. It's new to the industry. Can you tell us about what, how you go about this? Yeah, we're, uh, we're very excited to partner with Con Edison on the first uh, full electric bucket truck to the uh, utility industry here in the U.S. Um, we will obviously be providing the uh, electrified cab and chassis and then working with standard industry partners for the body uh, and the, uh, the aerial equipment. Uh, the uniqueness of this particular vehicle is that uh, we will be using the high voltage batteries that we're providing, uh, running an EPTO to operate that aerial lift. Uh, there is nothing today in the industry that has that electrified chassis, uh, along with the combination of the EPTO to run the aerial. So we, uh, we cannot wait to get this uh, into uh, Con Edison's fleet and really test out uh, and learn more about this operation and, and how it's going to help uh, Con Edison, but utilities across the U.S. And Mark, can you tell us what EPTO stands for? The EPTO is basically the, it's providing the power to run the, uh, the hydraulic fluid in order to uh, move uh, the aerial lift. Okay, now Mark, we've heard Fortunato about the reasons for transitioning um, to electric bucket trucks and the demands that these workhorse vehicles need to meet on blue skies days, as well as during emergency responses. Um, we also know you and Lion Electric from our electric vehicle, our electric school bus program. So could you tell us what challenges your company faces in building an electric truck like this? Sure, thank you. Uh, so let's start with the challenges. And certainly there's going to be challenges anytime uh, you build the first of anything. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it really is a paradigm change. You know, we heard Fortunato mention all of the units that he's utilizing today, and this one will be different. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, what concerns me the most is acceptance of new technology. Uh, and that's one of the things that we've seen as a zero emission manufacturer since, since 2016 is we need to make sure that we're setting this vehicle up for success. We're setting, setting Con Edison up for this vehicle to uh, be successful. And, and that is a combination of making sure that the drivers, the technicians, uh, the fleet team and the community are aware of uh, this vehicle, its capabilities. Um, and I think that's ultimately probably the biggest challenge is making sure that acceptance of this vehicle that's going to be different than everything else um, you know, happens. And, and we're going to do everything to help Fortunato to make, make sure that that does happen. So based on what you know, um, and the, the uh, vehicles that you've already built, the large school buses, what do you see or what do you envision the, the differences being right now? Well, you know, obviously at the end of the day, uh, it, it starts with the fact that, you know, we, uh, we have zero emissions. I think, you know, moving away uh, from uh, the, the biofuel, which is obviously cleaner than traditional diesel is a, is a, is a great step. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, Fortunato mentioned that um, these vehicles will go to a job site, they'll sit and they'll idle. And that's one of the greatest attributes of a zero emission vehicle in this particular application is that while the vehicle is driving throughout the communities to get to a job site, um, there's zero emission. When it gets to the job site and it's doing the work uh, for the 10, 12, 14 hours 
uh, that the ConAdis employees are working on uh, uh, repairing or updating the grid, it's going to be zero emission idle time. That's a huge impact uh, to uh, the day-to-day -day operation and something that we're very excited about. Mark, what will these electric bucket trucks look like? I know the school buses, the electric school buses that your, your company built look the same. You know, sure. They're you know, yellow school buses. Um, will bucket trucks look different than the current ones? Not really. Um, I, I will say this, um, you know, Con Edison's fleet traditionally is more of a conventional style truck, meaning that there's an elongated front end to house a internal combustion motor, um, whereas we are in a cab forward design. Uh, we've done that strategically for a lot of reasons. One, of course, is visibility, but two, we don't have an internal combustion motor that we have to house. Um, so it's a, it's a slightly different looking design. Um, the, the, the way that the vehicle will look uh, it's going to look like a bucket truck. Uh, the, the only differences, of course, are going to be that we have to find a place to house the batteries. In the configuration that we're uh, building for this particular truck for Fortunato and his team, the batteries will be stacked externally, externally uh, uh, vertically, directly behind the cab. So the placement of the actual uh, uh, aerial device, as well as maybe some of the compartments surrounding it, may look a little bit different than his traditional truck, but at the end of the day, uh, it's certainly not going to look like a rocket ship. Uh, it's going to have the same type of equipment, same type of uh, aerial that uh, he would be used to using on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you have a sense of how many batteries you would need to make this vehicle run and, and how long it will run on a charge, on a single charge? Um, and some of the details that will, will extreme weather, like in New York, we have extreme hot sometimes and extreme cold. Will that impact the way the truck performs? All very good questions. So let's take it one step at a time. So yes, we, we do have a configuration for the bucket trucks that will be using a set amount of battery packs. Um, Lion is using all tier one suppliers when it comes to our batteries. And we're going with the industry standard today from light duty all the way up to heavy duty. Um, you know, over 95% of the industry has chosen lithium ion NMC, which stands for nickel, manganese, cobalt. Um, that technology that we'll be putting on this vehicle will have 252 kilowatt hours worth of batteries. So in our world, that's a total of six battery packs that will be stacked uh, vertically behind the cab for this operation. Now, the way that we built this truck out um, is that we have built it out to a range of approximately 100 miles uh, per day uh, with a useful business day of right around 10 hours. Now, I say that with a caveat because, again, we know in this application we may need more hours but Fortunato also mentioned that he may not need the full 100 miles so what that means is is that there's going to be days where Fortunato and his team may go 25 miles but we'll be able to run 12 13 14 hours um, rather than 10 hours so it really is a mathematical equation and that's why I think collectively between Lion and Con Edison we're excited to get this vehicle into the fleet and really test the boundaries of what this vehicle can do. As far as the weather goes, Anne-Marie, um, that is uh, something that's a little bit of a misnomer. Um, it really comes down to um, OEMs. Uh, one of the most important things an OEM can do is have the right battery management system. Mark, you said OEM. What does that stand for? Original Equipment Manufacturer. 
in, in our case, we're going with what's called thermal battery management system, meaning that we are uh, pushing a refrigerant through the individual cells to both heat and cool the individual uh, cells to keep them at a stable temperature. Obviously in New York, we know you have very hot summers. Obviously in New York, we know that you have very cold winters. Uh, we've got to stabilize that. And we do this through what's called the thermal battery management system. We're gonna keep it at a stable temperature. This will do two things. One, uh, it will allow us to not have an impact on the performance of the truck. And then two, it also helps uh, to be able to uh, create a longer life for those batteries. So they're not degrading as fast because heat is the enemies of lithium ion batteries. And so keeping them at a stable temperature is the key. Mark, what's the benefit of being an OEM? So we are the, we are the company that's physically building uh, from ground up. And that's something I think I'd like to point out as well is that Line is a purpose-built uh, OEM. We do not have a diesel truck legacy. So we're not taking an existing diesel, ripping off the internal combustion driveline and then electrifying it. We are literally starting from scratch with frame rails. We build our own cab uh, in-house. We electrify the chassis. Everything is from ground up. So you're thinking about this as a new vehicle, a new type of vehicle that's powered by electricity, not you're not retrofitting a diesel engine that to an electric vehicle. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. And there's a lot of some there's a lot of advantages to doing it that way. And one of the biggest advantages is actually on the back end for the serviceability of these vehicles. Uh, we're not having to put things where they fit. We're putting things where they belong. And that makes it very easy for technicians to be able to do uh, the preventative maintenance on these vehicles. Um, and then everything else on our vehicle is standard industry components or um, parts, making it uh, very serviceable, very easy to work on. I know we've had conversations with the uh, White Plains bus people and they've said the reliability of the electric buses were, was great. So you um, also see that as a benefit for the electric bucket trucks? Absolutely. The, uh, the, you know, the electric motor and powertrain that, we're, that we've been using has been in circulation for, for years, uh, predominantly in the transit bus world. And there's, our, there's uh, I think, 150 million miles on our electric motor. Uh, couple that with the fact that we're using the same uh, battery chemistry and the same exact motor in our truck that we've been using in our school bus since 2016 with a tremendous amount of lessons learned, including the White Plains uh, deployment. Um, that means that we've got 6 million miles under our belt on this powertrain and over 300 vehicles delivered. Uh, we've learned a lot, but the great thing is, is that we've been able to take a lot of those lessons learned in school bus, albeit a very different application than what a bucket truck is going to do. But again, same background, a lot of the, the same common componentry, and we're bringing those lessons over. So we feel very comfortable um, that this is gonna be a, a reliable vehicle uh, with less uh, moving components. Give you an example, um, a diesel motor has 2000 parts, an electric motor has 20, and only three of them are actually moving. Uh, the rest are coils and magnets. The motor seal requires no maintenance. We have no transmission. There's a lot less going on. That means that not only is it going to be um, uh, is it going to be having a lower operational cost, but it also means it's going to have higher uptime because there's less less things to break down. What do you anticipate the charging time for a vehicle like this? 
So there's a variety of strategies when it comes to charging. Uh, right now on this first unit, uh, Wyan and the Con Edison team have chosen to go with a level two uh, charging strategy. Um, our vehicles uh, are going to have the industry standard. The industry standard in charging is the SAE J1772. That's what we're using. We've chosen not to go with proprietary charging to make it easier for end users to adopt multiple vehicles, whether that be light duty, medium or heavy duties like this bucket truck. Um, the charging uh, of level two that we'll be doing will allow us to charge anywhere from eight to 10 hours and have a full recharge. Now, again, that's gonna depend on the route the day before, how much capacity is left in that battery. Um, and then it will only get better from that as we grow in our partnership. Um, these initial vehicles, we want to understand the, the capacities and capabilities of them uh, I think in the future, we'll also try to find ways to accelerate uh, the charge time in case we get to the point where they're going to be used for emergency response, et cetera. Uh, but today, uh, that's going to be the initial strategy with these. And again, under 10 hours, uh, and there should be more than enough time for that vehicle when it's parked at the site to be able to meet that, uh, uh, meet that 10 hour requirement. So Fortunato, well, Mark is building this truck. Um, you must be thinking about what accommodations for this new prototype have to be made so that it can become a part of Con Edison fleet. Will our drivers need to be changed? Will the infrastructure in our yards need to be changed? What are you thinking? Excellent questions. Um, and I think you, you nailed it. It was the biggest challenge Con Edison will be facing uh, will be naturally the charging infrastructure for medium and heavy duty vehicles. Um, you know, as Mark mentioned, these are very large batteries in these medium heavy duty um, vehicles, 250 kilowatt hours, um, naturally require more, um, more length of time to actually charge. Uh, currently, uh, refueling is going to be the biggest challenge uh, when it comes to operating these things. Um, you know, refueling these batteries quickly, uh, most likely with, um, with the emergencies and storms. Uh, the refill time is going to be less because it's going to be operating 24-7. However, uh, as Mark mentioned, a line does provide two methods of charging currently. They provide the DC fast charging and they provide a uh, which a level two, two level two charges on board, uh, which we selected for this pilot. Um, and naturally, we, we didn't include the DC fast charger just because these, there are space limitations at our current facilities. Um, where we couldn't use the DC fast chargers. However, there is plenty of space to, to uh, charge this specific pilot uh, utilizing two of our level two chargers uh, throughout our service territory. Um, so we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have an issue there. However, but in the future, when we do expand uh, to these types of vehicles, medium heavy duty vehicles, we need to take a closer look at placement of chargers, um, you know, what, what type of charges we're going to be purchasing. Uh, naturally, we always want the newest and fastest charges available, which are the DC fast chargers. Uh, and with Lion's help, we can coordinate that together to, uh, to come up with a plan. To answer your second question, uh, training uh, on driver for drivers, very crucial. Um, without the input and without the buy-in with our drivers uh, and our essential workers, it's very difficult for the project to move forward. Um, naturally, with all new technology, uh, things are going to be unfamiliar. You know, from from 
you know, driving the vehicle, you know, without noise and the, you know, the acceleration of those vehicles to simple, you know, understanding what new gauges, what new features the inside of the vehicle does have. You know, these are all things that will be unfamiliar to the driver and actually driving training is critical. And with the joint partnership with Lion, we could achieve those those challenges with the drivers uh, before these vehicles do uh, actually get used in the pilot. Fortunato, how are you going to define success for this project? So right now, um, Lion is developing this prototype electric bucket truck. So we've never tried it. We've never tested it. What are your goals, long, mid, short, mid, and long term? So probably to, to understand the goals I'm looking for in this pilot is to understand our uh, midterm goal and our long-term goal. So our midterm goal naturally starts off with, you know, what other applications can we use this chassis on? You know, can we evaluate other types of vehicles? Um, this is just the beginning, uh, naturally the first of one of these type of bucket trucks, you know, in, in the United States. And, and Con Edison excited that Con Edison is going to be the first one to actually try this out. But what other applications can we take a look at? Um, you know, for utility foods. So we have underground cable trucks. We have flush trucks, which is a type of truck that's a huge vacuum that assists the underground uh, crews to evacuate all the debris inside these manholes. A lot of these applications could be spread out through our fleet and not just our fleet, but also the industry's fleet. Uh, the second thing is a long-term goal. So long-term goal is developing partnerships um, with other EV, medium and heavy duty EV fleets. Um, potential discussions to to expand this, you know, as a as a larger pilot for other utility and not just utility municipalities, private fleets, uh, in order to move and support this initiative for medium and heavy electrification forward. So that's our long term plan. Um, but in the short term, what we're really trying to look at with this pilot is how it's going to perform in each region. Each region is slightly different of how they perform their work. So Staten Island versus Bronx Westchester might be have different uh, setup in their overhead systems. Brooklyn Queens again, that's a combination of overhead and underground interaction. So how are these going to perform in those type of regions? The other piece is what Mark mentioned: um, various in temperatures. We understand Lion does have control measurements for these extreme temperatures, which is fantastic. That's what we're going to be testing, but also when you get into um, different types of road grade, uh, so grade meaning, you know, the inclination, the, how the uh, streets are, whether they're inclined at a steeper degree or if they're um, very bumpy, as you know, New York City streets are very, uh, very bumpy with, uh, how should I say, potholes and speed bumps. Um, how are they going to perform in the city streets versus hilly areas? Um, the other piece here is also how it's going to handle prolonged use. So with those emergencies, multiple shifts, 24-hour operation, how is, how is this truck going to be handled when the truck has no capability of pulling over for a second to charge because that needs to go out right away? So those type of scenarios, those extreme scenarios. Um, and, and like I mentioned before, charging infrastructures, how it's, how it's going to be used. Are, are the mechanics and uh, the users going to be plugging them in every time they actually park the vehicle or will they be set up at a certain area where 
Uh, you have a mobile charging area. Um, it, it could be multiple scenarios, uh, the placement of the charges. And also, what do we do if the charges do not function? Is there a, uh, a contingency for these charges? Like I mentioned, a mobile charging uh, truck or some form of hard mobile charging. <clears throat> and naturally, the overall performance. How does our essential workers uh, feedback to these trucks? How is that going to react um, to this pilot? Uh, are they comfortable using it? Do they find the cab forward design a much better design than a conventional cab? Um, does the handling, does the usage of the bucket and the electric motors, uh, is it seamless for them? All these have to come into play. Fortunato brought up a good point, and it's about the 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 user. So who, when our crews, when our essential um, employees go out to the field, what what will the inside of the truck be like? Will it be as comfortable as the current trucks? Will it be more comfortable than the current trucks? What are the benefits to our crews um, and our customers for going electric? Sure, I think there's two questions there. So let me start with the first. And that goes back to something I said earlier in that that we're purpose building our vehicles. Um, and so we're not having to uh, take an existing uh, cab uh, and perhaps that had a doghouse with an engine in between and, and retrofit. Uh, everything we've done is from scratch, right? One of the things that Lion did very early on uh, prior to even the first prototype or build of our cab was we actually brought in 750 drivers uh, to get the voice of the customer uh, and be able to tell us what things they would need or like to see in an electric cab. Uh, we brought in people of all different sizes, shapes, heights, weights, uh, we wanted it all. And, and that's how we designed this cab. So I think the Con Ed employees that will be driving this truck will be quite pleased. It's a very spacious cab. Uh, again, it does not look like a rocket ship. It will have a different uh, interface as far as the fact that you're now seeing things like state of charge, number of miles remaining. Uh, sure, uh, the cluster and instrument uh, panel is gonna be a little bit different, but it's got a lot of the same features uh, and up-to-date features that you would expect. Uh, we've got things like AM, FM radio, Bluetooth capability, um, chargers for their, uh, for their um, auxiliary cell phone plugins, et cetera. So um, you're not going to, to have them sit in this and think, wow, this is so advanced. Or we, we tried to make it look as, as comparable to what they would be used to uh, in a traditional internal combustion vehicle. Um, the benefits... I think there's really two that come to mind, and it's not just for the drivers, but it's the community. Uh, Fortunato mentioned one, and that's going to be the fact that there's no noise. Um, you know, these vehicles are quiet. Uh, they don't have the uh, internal combustion motor running uh, the entire day. That also leads to a zero emission work site. And I think that's not only benefit for the uh, employees of Con Edison, but it's a huge benefit to the communities in which you serve. What's the timeline for this prototype? So what we are doing now is we're going to be working with Fortunato and his team, uh, along with the project partners, which will be obviously Lion on the chassis side, and then we're going with Posi Plus for the equipment, uh, for the aerial, uh, and then we've got to build out the, uh, the body itself. Right now, uh, the, the plan is, is that we would uh, be able to see this truck uh, at the tail end of Q1 2022. Uh, right now we're up and running as far as our class eight production. 
uh, but there is a uh, you know a pretty good timeline uh, in the industry right now to build out the body and the aerials. So we're going to work with our project partners and back our way into that uh, uh, that deliverable date. A uh, lot to do between now and then, but that's uh, that's my anticipation as, as far as when we'll see this first unit in New York. Your company is doing groundbreaking work in electric transportation. What's the most exciting or promising new technology in energy that you see on the horizon and how will it impact transportation in the future? Wow, that's, uh, that's a tough question because things have changed so rapidly even in the, the two years that I've been with Lion. I, I think what I'm most excited about is to see how uh, the, batter, the batteries evolve. Um, I think back uh, 10 years ago, I was with a, a very large OEM uh, and I look at where the chemistry was and what the capabilities of the batteries were 10 years ago uh, and where they are today and where we're going. Um, I, I think that's what's really unique. And, and one of the things that just came up recently, in fact, last Monday, uh, Lion made an announcement that we are going to be opening our own battery manufacturing facility. We're going to be one of the first, if not the only OEM that not only will build the trucks, but will build our batteries from raw material uh, and put those in all of our trucks and buses. Um, we will have to stay up with the technology as far as where it's going. Right now, it's lithium ion NMC. Uh, there's a lot of talk about solid state batteries and various uh, different uh, chemistries. Um, that's what excites me. Um, because if we can get to the point where we can bring our cost down by controlling that supply chain, staying ahead of what the uh, technological advancements are in battery chemistry, it gives a clear and defined path to help Fortunato meet his goals uh, you know, by 2040 by bringing that cost down. And the sooner we can get to a cost parity position, it's gonna make Fortunato's job very easy to make a decision uh, to make that transformation over to electric and do it sooner and later. So I think that's what excites me the most. And that's going to have a, a huge impact on the industry, uh, transportation in general. So Fortunato, what do you see for the energy future and transportation? For the future of our fleet and probably most of the fleets uh, throughout the United States, um, I definitely foresee that electrification will take the lead over all old all other alternative fuels, such as biodiesel and uh, uh, compressed natural gas. Um, well, I'm not saying that 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 should be the focus, but definitely renewable fuels is the primary focus for Con Edison. Uh, we do want to focus on renewable fuels um, and try to reduce our carbon footprint. Um, and I believe the the industry is heading that way uh, with uh, you know, with partnerships such as Lion and other manufacturers, uh, I think that's probably uh, the way everyone will be going to, at least in the next 10 years. So, so you see this project not only as a, an innovative project for Con Edison, but uh, the transportation industry in general, because it's a, sort of a segue to the electrification of light and heavy duty trucks? Absolutely. This is, this is basically a pilot well, I would say a pilot for all of us um, to see how the utility market um, can adapt these medium and heavy duty chassis. Uh, and and with, uh, again, with partnerships such as Lion uh, can definitely make this happen. Um, I, I have always said this, you know, this, this pilot not only represents um, 
you know, just, just testing out a, a medium heavy duty vehicle, but also represents a very important step in Con Edison's journey towards medium heavy duty fleet electrification. If you have a technology idea, a comment, or a question, send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Make sure to use our hashtag, hashtag current thoughts.